0: Welcome back. This is War Council, a hobby-centered podcast for miniature enthusiasts. My name is Caleb Dillon. I'm Phil Corman with Brushwork Minis. And this is, uh, I've already said this is War Council, and I'm with White Metal Games. Uh, We're a couple guys out on the East Coast that have uh, a podcast where we talk about all things hobby-related. We specifically kind of talk about our services, uh, painting and hobby in general. We're both uh, commissioned artists uh, operating in separate studios, but we also team up for a lot of different projects. Um, so uh, uh, tonight we're going to be talking with um, Thomas and Janine from Pixies and Pistols. So these are our, our, our second guests technically of the year, um, although our first podcast we had some technical issues with. Uh, but um, we, uh, we're going to be talking to them tonight about their painting service, and we're going to be talking about secondhand models and how painters use them, how they refurbish models and that kind of thing. Do you, do you use a lot of secondhand models when you, when you paint?
1: Not typically, no. no. I tend to buy stuff, well, well you as I be mentioned discount. before, I get the yeah. discount, so therefore it's not worth it.
0: <laughs> so, well, what about when you're painting non-GW stuff? Like if you're painting, let's say, I don't know, an RPG figure.
1: Well, most of any projects I've gotten, usually the figures have been provided, so I haven't really had to worry about that. And conversions or anything I need to add to models, I have enough bits, so I'm usually fine on that end. That
0: makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, um for me personally, I use second-hand models all the time, and in fact, I almost got uh, I almost got into kind of trouble with it um, recently because I had a client who I had to use. I was using a couple secondhand models in his project, and he was asking, "Hey, how are these going to work? How are these going to look? Are they going to look okay?" And I think there's a real stigma around secondhand models, yeah. and, and there's like this there's a stink to them almost, like they're kind of like you can't they don't they can't have a second life on the table. But in, in my opinion, like. When you think about it this way, like when I paint a model, if I base coat and dry brush and layer and zenithal highlight and glaze and but da by the time it's done, there's you know ten layers on this guy or at least mm-hmm. thin layers. So I, I think that those initial layers of paint really are just acting as like a primer layer or whatever. In most cases, in some cases it's it's bad and it's not going to work. But well, I think yeah. the stigma
1: comes too also from like you don't know who you're buying from That's It's fair. a paint buildup going to be like right. unsalvageable, or can you do anything with it? So,
0: And even paint notwithstanding, if you buy it on secondhand service, like let's say eBay or Craigslist or something, how are they going to ship it? Is it going to come in a million pieces? Is it going to be broke? Is, how's the UPS going to handle it? So there's, there's questions like that. Um, so real quick, uh, before we jump into uh, On the Painting Desk, we're a month in uh, to, the, to uh, the year, it's now early February, Uh, tax time, taxes are upon us, um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about my plan for 2016 and how things are going, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the the rotating segment, um, but, uh, you know, I would say a month in, I I didn't realize this, but I completely over budgeted my time with clients the last month or so, and I've been really struggling to kind of keep up, um, uh, one of the things that, you know, when you think about it in terms of, like, cash flow, and you don't normally have to think about this, but... When I, when I get a client, I only get paid for the project when it's done. So mm-hmm. when I have two or three clients all at one time and they all have giant projects, I've effectively denied myself income Because now, instead of having one client, I get paid, I move on to the next client, I have three clients, they're all, I'm painting a little bit on all their projects, not a lot on any project at one time, so effectively, I'm not getting paid from any client. Right. Now, at the end of a couple months, I'll have a ton of money come in, but that doesn't do shit for my bills right now. Yeah. Uh, so I, w- I was very fortunate that I had a, 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 a benefactor. I kind of had a guy pay in advance for like months and months and months. So I've been using that money to survive on. But uh, it's really made me think a lot about like as my business has grown, as I've got more clients, I've had to really be careful with how I manage my workflow. And I'm yeah. going to have to do a better job of it because right now I have too many clients. I can't do personal projects. I can barely do anything other than just get up and paint and work all day and it's just it's it's too much it's a lot so i'm I'm having to sort of learn the hard way like there is such a thing as too much business and too many clients it can be hurtful yeah it can be certainly when you're worrying about your money all right well we're gonna take a brief break and when we jump back in we're gonna jump into on the painting desk and we'll be right back after this let's be honest you'd rather be playing than painting Let White Metal Games take the hassle out of painting and assembling your miniatures. We have a team of dedicated professionals who will make sure your miniatures stand out on the tabletop. Contact us at info at whitemetalgames.com. White Metal Games. Put your minis where your mouth is. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, We're going to jump in on the painting desk. Uh, This is this part of the show where we talk about what is on our painting desk. And I'm pretty sure I know what's on Phillip's painting desk. (laughs) Hasn't changed much. It's but, been on his desk for, like, I'm going to go with last year. But really, it's, it's only, like, about five weeks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too long. So how is RK on? How is he shaping up? He's coming along.
1: Yeah. Um, one of the things we talked about last time is it's hard to know when you're painting at such a high level to make sure that the detail is even noticeable. Like, and you can paint to a certain level, and at some point you got to ask yourself, okay, when's enough, is enough? And, um... That's something that's tricky when you're doing a platinum level. This is a level five. This would be the, considered the top that we would do. Yeah, this is the and, top, um, top tier. And I've, I've spent a lot of time on it. Um, I've had to take breaks, come back to it, and it's coming along. I think I'll actually meet my, my deadline, which is the end of February.
0: Which well, and on top, top of that, tier. you have a full-time job. So it's yeah. not like this is just, you know. I mean, I imagine <laughs> you go to work, come home, have dinner, go to paint.
1: <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, yeah it's know. how it's been. So... I've had to, yeah, definitely balance that, um, and I haven't done a great job this past week. But um, he's coming along; he should yeah. be done. So I'm on the right time schedule. And
0: how are you? Um, how are you updating your client? If you don't mind me asking, because so, for me, I update my client weekly with pictures. I know yeah. you're, you're, you may you may be differently. So I mean, how do I've you? I've been
1: do trying that? to do it at least once a week. Um, if there's a good enough update to show, uh, if not. You know, I'll just be like, "Okay, I'm still working on it. I got some minor progress, but it's not really noticeable." And that's sure. where I'm coming at right now. is such a huge model; it's hard to show progress. You without... don't just have to
0: shoot close-ups of particular, parts yeah, of yeah. And it's... even then, you'd have to show a side-by-side comparison or something. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the same shot last week.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's hard to show something on that that's that's I guess small of a project. Well, that being of...
0: said, how does the client feel about? it? Like, does he, is he pleased with the progress so far?
1: He's been happy with everything I've sent him. He hasn't given me any sort of complaints about hey, I'm, what's going on? I haven't sure. heard from you in a while. So he's been really gracious with that. So um, he's a very easy client to work for. He's even gave me free reign of what I wanted to do. So he's my he's your ideal. Yeah, he sounds like uh, your ideal client. Yeah. He's got yeah. he's got
0: a good budget. He's yeah. got he's not rushing you, mm-hmm. and he's allowing you you know kind of artistic reign. Exactly. So that's like that's kind of like the triquetron, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's kind of good. <laughs> Um, well, for me, I, I have not painted anything that high level uh, ever, frankly, but, but but certainly not recently. Um, I have been churning out models at a prodigious rate, though. Um, so I finished up these four gold level RPG dragons uh, last week, so those are all done. And those were all nice because they were on these nice plinth style bases, and um, the RPG figures portion of that there's about seven figures that go along with it. Uh, and I, I'm realizing how much I hate painting. Exactly the way, like in this case, the guy was like, "Hey, here's a picture painted like that." Mm. And I'm realizing now I hate it. Yeah, like I hate having to sit there and try to color match and trying to like, oh, how did they do this and how did they do that? Like, ugh, I don't like it at all. It makes it boring. I mean, really boring. Yeah, they like this paint by numbers thing. Now I will say that like, what happens is people see these pictures and they go, "I like that. That's what I want." Mm -hmm. When in reality, maybe they'd like what I would do better. You never know. Yeah. Um, but um, regardless of which, so that's still in the works. Um, I finished up the assembly on the first Mad Max army, and I've started on the new Mad Max army. Um, and as of this recording, I've done uh, ten vehicles and two characters. So I've done like nine buggies and a truck, or Damn. two trucks or something like that. And these are and all. I've custom. seen them.
1: Yeah, I've seen them for, in person. Yeah. So there's a lot of detail. A
0: crazy amount of work is yeah. these things. And what's funny is that no two are alike. So, like, today I spent four or five hours on, like, one. And, and frankly, that's just the assembly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, now, this is a very high-end project. Like, the guy, like, the project is, like, he dropped $1,000 just on materials, which we spent almost all of it. And, uh, like, the, you know, the painting and assembly portion of the project is intense. It's a lot more vehicles than troops, which is nice. I like painting vehicles. So, that's great. Um, So, I think it's going to be a really cool army but. It simply is kind of the beast that we all serve, I think. Especially
1: when you're doing so much custom work, too. And doing
0: two back-to-back armies that are so similar is really exhausting. I actually got confused. I started building a war rig for one guy, and then I was like, oh, he doesn't have a war rig. I I had to call him uh, and I kind of apologized because he hadn't called me on it. I kept saying, like, next week the war rig, and uh, then I was like, I don't owe you a war rig. (laughs) I owe you a and so I did that instead. He was cool with it. I think he forgot, frankly. Yeah. I think he forgot what was on his list. Uh, I also managed to squeeze in a Morcanot and a Stompa, both Bad Moons, which is uh, kind of one of my favorite color schemes to paint. I really like it's it. It's challenging, but it's, it's rewarding. I love rust and yellow, mm-hmm. and I love the green contrast with the OSL. It's just a lot of fun. Uh, and I also started on um, some Kingdom Death. Um, mm-hmm. So that, is, that has begun. Um, I've got a huge Kingdom Death order that's going to be processed over the next probably six months, I'd say yeah um uh, and what we're doing is we're doing kind of a grouping of survivors plus a monster at a time so those to the client he plays in theory then lets us know what's next and then we do what's next um, and hopefully by the time our camera's done, we'll be able to jump into some of those and you'll be able yeah. to join me on that and those are all gold levels so those are all nice um and then to, to wrap that up uh eBay has been kind of good to me recently i've I have four yetis for one guy you painted a yeti on on mm-hmm. as a test model when you first came on like six or eight months ago and uh, I relisted it as a sample and holy shit people love yetis I have sold (laughs) like eight yetis and all different yetis I've sold like five different Reaper makes a shit ton of yetis they make a yeti shaman they make a yeti chieftain they make yeti warriors like, I am so tired of painting white fur, but it is so <laughs> it's easy. It's quick, yeah. so it's, easy. Yeah. yeah, they're super simple. One of the nice things I've done is I've, I've done some more extensive basing on them, so I've, I've mounted them up on these kind of snowy piles and icy ridges, and mm-hmm. um, I'm getting into a lot of basing this year. I'm really liking it.
1: That's something I would like to get better at, too, definitely.
0: It's really, it really helps the model kind of stand out. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a different thing on the table. But. So plenty on, plenty on both of our desks, it sounds like. Well, um, we're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to jump right back into our rotating segment, which is going to be something new this week, and we'll be right back after this. Need a model assembled or painted but no money to spare? White Metal Games is now offering trade-ins. Send us pictures of your old models, bits, boxes, even new kits. Make us an offer we can't refuse. Don't like negotiating and haggling? White Metal Games also offers consignment services. You can send us your old models, books, games to sell... We sell them through our eBay store, and you pocket 55% of the sales price. You don't have to worry about eBay fees, PayPal fees, shipping fees. There's no crazy percentages, just easy money. Contact us at info at today. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, we're going to jump into Critics' Corner. And one of the things we're trying this year is we're trying a rotating segment. Uh, every Every show, something different. We're going to try some new stuff out and see what sticks to the wall, like spaghetti. And, um, this week we're going to talk about criticism. Um, I thought about calling this haters be hating, but I think critics corner is a little more (laughs) appropriate. So, um, so one of the things that we all have to deal with is criticism. When you start putting your, your models out there, people, they have an opinion. I have an opinion about other people's stuff. Um, now that doesn't mean I share it. It doesn't mean I'm ugly about it, but, um, about a month ago, I started on this, this Super Stampa project, which is a, uh, a, a scratch-built Titan for the studio that I'm going to end up selling on eBay probably. And um, normally I've learned that the bigger the model and the more ambitious the project, and the harder it is to visualize the final, the final model, the more people kind of discourage you from doing it. And for whatever reason, this week I had two people, and I'm going to post the comments, but two people left me comments back to back. And, um, one of them specifically said, if I give you, if you give me $20, I won't tell anyone you made this. He, he hated that model. Now here's the thing. You're a new, we're going to call you a neutral party. So you've seen the super Stampa that's being developed. Now it's obviously in the middle of being built. It's not there yet. And I probably shot my little, a little early. I put it up on eBay as a pre-sale. Like here it is. Follow along with progress. Every time I take a new picture, I delete an old picture, and I was like, "This will be great. People will see the progress. They'll be able to follow along." But it opens me up to criticism like this because then they see a half-finished model, and that's the downside. Um, the other piece of feedback I got was, <laughs> "What a piece!" F- it's not even English. "What a piece fodder." Seriously, what are you thinking? That guy has a lot of feedback, too. He's got 1,700 yeah. feedback. Like, Oh, that's what that is? Yeah. The other guy's got <laughs> I, 514. Neither of them are sellers, by the way. I,
1: I'm curious to know if, if that guy who basically blackmailed you for $20 yeah. does not share who sold it as if that would make any difference whatsoever. Yeah. And I, I wonder if he does that to everyone. I wonder if all man. his comments are just, Maybe. Maybe give not. me money. That's <laughs> give I will Yeah.
0: You know, and it's it's like, here's the thing. I'm pretty used to negative criticism at this point in my life. I've gotten plenty of it. It's... If you do this for a long time, you get it. And especially when you're pumping out volume models, like let's suppose my business is based on silver level models, which it is. Mm-hmm. So the models I pump out are lower quality than certainly RK on. Yeah. So if someone was to look at my models and look at your models, they would be like, well, this is shit, and Philip did a great job. And that's fair. But when you think about it this way, like you're spending two months on that guy. And in that same two months, I have to churn out two armies, plus all the other projects I do. I don't have time to sit there and, like, Mm -hmm. detail them the way you're detailing them. So it's a volume business. Um, So I I don't know. I think the criticism is part of the game, but these are just hateful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, These are just spiteful. Uh, So I don't know. What do you think? I know when I I I showed these to you, you didn't believe me at first. At
1: first, I thought this was almost like the worst, like, fake viewer viewer comment. I was like, these guys are assholes. This isn't real. And then you corrected me. I was blown away. The last
0: time I saw criticism this bad was when I did The Emperor Titan about four years ago and people had the same reaction. They just didn't like it. I will point out that I did sell that and a guy liked it. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, I I don't know. I think that it's maybe like when you do specifically scratch built stuff, like the crazier the concept, (laughs) you know, the more criticism you open yourself up to. And what I don't get is like people like um, I'll use GMM Studios as an example for a minute because Brandon Palmer does some great work. Um, but he did this. Um, he did a model recently called um, the Radiant Child, which is a Reaver Titan. And he took all these like angelic cherubim faces and sort of grafted them all over the model. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen this thing or not, but um, it was on. It was featured on Biz. It was featured on Bell. It wasn't for me. Like for me, this model it was. It wasn't my. I didn't love it. But someone commissioned it. The client wanted it, and the client clearly loved it, and the artist loved it. So who am I to say, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But I wonder if he receives the same sort of negative criticism that that, that I do on this sort of stuff. Now, I haven't painted up a Super yet, but I have plenty of samples of painted work to show people, so I, I don't know. I don't know if it's unique to me. Maybe it's something in my personality. I'm not for sure. It's interesting. Have you encountered any negative feedback so far in your studio? Uh,
1: luckily not, Ron. Yeah. I mean, uh, granted, I haven't spent a ton of time. Most of my work has only been seen by uh friends or maybe some people who've done commissions and stuff through me so most of it's pretty mild but um yeah i don't have the amount of uh i guess traffic that you have
0: i feel like i probably i probably skated by for a long time uh without having to worry about it Mm -hmm. but i think that the more ambitious my projects got the more i opened myself up to it
1: Maybe it's best that way, to be honest. I mean, if you got that much criticism early on, it may have been extremely discouraging. But at this point, point, you have, you know, enough clientele. You know people like what you produce. So comments like this, although they're just rude and mean, I mean, at least you know it's not necessarily I think
0: that's one of those things people don't think about is that I respond to probably 12 emails a week from clients, from potential clients. Mm -hmm. These are clients that contact me about a job and then... I'll respond and maybe trade a couple emails. Maybe one or two of those turns into a job. So 10 of those, basically, the people don't like the price, don't like something. Something about the quote they don't like. Now they must have liked something about our service in the beginning because they contacted me to start. Right. But they didn't like, I'm gonna go with the price probably. Which is fine. Uh, but you think about how many people I have to go through client-wise in order to churn out the clients that we have. So certainly more people I guess where I'm going with this is that everyone's welcome to their opinion, mm-hmm. and these guys are welcome to their opinion too. But you know, I, I don't see the benefit in trolling me for this stuff. But it's fine. Yeah. I think you're probably right there. Receiving negative feedback is helpful; it toughens your skin up a little bit. So, uh, so yeah. So this is how we deal with it. Let it roll off your back if you can. And um, what was it, Ricky Gervais said? He said if you're getting negative feedback, you're doing something right. I think there's yeah, or, there's bad publicity. Yeah, good publicity. There's something. There's some truth to that alright guys well we're going to take a brief break and when we jump back in we're going to be live with our guests uh, Thomas and Janine of Pixies and Pistols and we'll be right back after this if you're interested in advertising on War Council let us know we can be reached at warcouncil at whitemetalgames.com rates are extremely competitive but there are limited slots available so please contact us soon Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, we have uh, two special guests with us tonight. Um, we have Janine and Thomas from Pixies and Pistols. Um, you guys want to say hi? hi? How you doing? Hey! So um, Pixies and Pistols is a... Uh, Your guys are a relatively new service. Would, would that be a fair way to sort of describe what you guys do?
2: Yes, that would be totally fair. I think that we've really only been doing projects for about six months, and we've really only made a wow. big push to be super independent for maybe about the past four but
0: that's not to say you guys have no experience you guys have i mean between you you've probably got two decades worth of experience you guys have been working at other studios before as kind of ghost painters in the past and you guys have why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into the hobby and how how pixies and pistols got started and maybe just you know like what brought you to this point We i think i think some of our viewers would love to kind of get the backstory like an origin story if you will
2: well Thomas, do you want to start cuz you got into the hobby first? And the name
0: for that matter. like I'd love to know like where the who came up with the idea for Pixies and Pistols cuz it really rolls off the tongue.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh well I started uh fantasy back when I was like 12 at the local game store and then got out of it uh when I found girls. So, um <laughs> but then uh Janine and I were we were already married and we I uh, got to went to the local game store where our brother and sister-in-law so hung thinking, out.
0: So you, you got out of fantasy when you met Janine? Is that what you're saying? Like when you met girls? Like is that? Uh, was it, she well, the girl in this? Fantasy? Yeah, sort of. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she became your new
2: fantasy. Is that what you're saying?
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, um,
2: so we started hanging out at the local game store and Thomas was playing And I got into the painting side of things. I painted, the first minis I painted were some of his high elves. Um, And then I started doing like local competitions. So you were
0: painting, so Thomas was your first client in a way.
2: Yeah. Did did he pay you to paint the models or was that? Oh, no, no, no.
3: And and that was the last, really the last time she actually painted for me too. (laughs) There's also
2: this dispute about the fact that I once agreed to paint his white lions and never actually did. So you owe him an army. But uh,
3: <laughs> yes, it's it's now on can you know, voice? <laughs> it's, like, it's now on record. <laughs>
2: but um, I was approached by a friend that asked if I ever wanted to start painting professionally, and I was like, "Of course I do." Nice. Um, and he was actually John Gentry, um, and he worked for Blue Table Painting, and so he kind of got me some side projects. So was he like a and scout or something
0: for them or kind of like a talent scout? He was just a, just a friend.
2: And he was like, I have more work that I can't do. Would you like to do some of it? Nice. Hmm. So, And Al- then how- when he moved, he put in a good name for me. And that's how I got working for Blue Table. So were you guys both in Utah at the time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. were both in yeah. Utah. And um, I actually, I started painting, but I did... Play after painting. I had a Wood Elf army. I had about three thousand points of Wood Elves That's a good that I played with. So,
1: okay.
0: So, do you still play, or is it more like now you're just hobby focused?
2: Thomas plays a lot. Yeah, I, think, I, I don't I think the have time. That
0: he's more, more, uh, more the gamer of the two of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> i just said I, I get the impression that between the two of you you probably do more of the gaming like you know we'll see like bat re- reps that you do and stuff and and uh oh yeah or at least yeah. we have in the past like that's that's kind of one of the ways like i i that's that's how i fr- i wasn't like a stalker or anything i wasn't like who, who oh was yeah you? For, for sure but um like you guys Last kind of became personalities be uh on sean's channel so like you know he would like you know do whatever he does and then he would sort of pan over to you guys and so we would kind of get a sense for what you guys did and how you do it, and and it's hard to get a sense for an artist's ability in what are roughly shaky videos, but, but you can kind of glean it, you can kind of get bits and pieces of it. Um, and then Thomas, your personality really started to kind of shine, I think, when he allowed you to just kind of do your thing, which was, you know, doing your bat reps, and you've got a fun personality
2: on camera, so... Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, Thomas is definitely the one that's more heavily into the gaming aspect. I have played in the past, like I said, I used to have my Wood Elves, and then they changed the rules and made skirmish units terrible, so I stopped playing Fantasy. Uh, For a while, I had a good chunk of a tower me, and I played Malifaux for a little bit, but... Right now, it just comes down to time. I just don't have time to dedicate four hours to playing. I don't have time to learn all the rules again. Um, Not that I wouldn't, but I just. Is this your guys' full time
0: endeavor then? Is this like, is Pixies and Pistols a full time, this is what pays, this is what puts bread on the table kind of thing? Or is it more like you're kind of slowly transitioning into it?
2: So, Pixies and Pistols, uh, so we paint full time. Um, We paint through different avenues. So, I. We have Pixies and Pistols and our own freelance clients. We have work that we do through Frontline Gaming. Sure. We've also recently started doing some stuff for Mini Wargaming. So um, we have a lot of different avenues, but it all comes down to Wargaming and painting.
0: Everybody paints for Mini Wargaming except us. <laughs> yeah. we, in our last podcast, <laughs> we got pretty, into yeah. this. Like I've, <laughs> I submitted work to that guy a couple times, and every time he kind of shot me down. And like, uh, I'm not, you know, it's okay. No, it's fine. It's just, it's one of those things where like somehow it's become like this patriarchal relationship where I desperately want to prove that I have a business, <laughs> even though I don't need the validation, but it's just this funny, weird, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I wouldn't say it's like. A, a I, I get it. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I don't really know what it is, but.
2: It was a lot easier for us because we had, you know we'd been around people knew our names so well
0: you know big circles like you know you guys you guys are very much more recognizable out there through all the different ventures you do like if you're painting for your two at least three different services like people know you you know that's kind of how it is whereas i paint for me um and then philip paints for me sometimes so that's kind of how it is but so what makes Pixies and pistols kind of different
2: I think the main thing is just the experience. I mean, there's a lot of people that have been painting for years and years, you know, people that have painted for 20 years and then decide to get into doing it professionally. I've been painting professionally since 2008. Um, So we've just been at it a long time. We have a lot of experience with the pitfalls and the problems and a lot of experience with different techniques and different cool projects and fun things that you can do.
3: The realities of uh, the... Doing doing that day-to-day, not always getting the highest, best commission, just kind of the, hey, here's a tabletop quality army, uh, that that reality, that's that's what we've lived, so. Can
2: you, and can you we've definitely, sorry, oh, sorry,
0: sorry. I, I not mean to cut you off. Uh, I was gonna say, <laughs> we've definitely
2: worked our way through burnout. Like yeah, that's, that's what not I was to ask
0: <laughs> if, you, if you wouldn't mind expanding on that a little bit, because for me, for example, tabletop's kind of my bread and butter. It's how I pay most of my, it's how I make most of my money. Uh, it's not the uh, the finest quality that, that we do. It's just, it's what we can reliably get our client pool to commit to. Um, so when we get higher end models, it's 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 like icing on a cake. It's great. Uh, but most of the time our clients are, you know, modest
2: budgets. So that's where you want to be. Yeah. Well, and actually sometimes painting tabletop can be a lot of fun because it goes by very quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Philip, you've said that before, that it's kind of like you kind of get into a zone. With yep. certain things, Much yeah, like certain, certain level. <laughs> tabletop, I a like a lot. trance.
1: Because it's, in my opinion, I mean, you, it's a decent
0: uh, return for yep. the time you spend. We've also talked about this idea that a lot of clients, they can't discern between the levels very well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you're sort of wasting your time on higher level work when they can't really pick out the details. Right. Um, although I would argue that if they're paying you for the higher level work, I don't really care if they can pick out the details. <laughs> I, I just want to be compensated for my time, but... Um, So how many would you guys care to say, like, about how many projects you do in a year or?
2: So that's hard to say right now because we haven't been freelance a full year and we're constantly changing, like, who we're doing projects for. So, yeah, I don't know how to answer that question.
0: But it's safe to say you guys are you're, you're full time painters.
2: Oh, yes, we are full time. This is, you know. Wargaming and painting and converting and assembling, that's that's all we do. That's what puts bread on the table.
1: <laughs> have you have you guys found, like, changing now from going, because you guys were originally with, I think he's like, Blue Table and all that. And, like, now that you guys are kind of doing your own thing um, with Blue Table on the side and everything, do you, how was, like, pricing structure for you? Were you already kind of confident in that? Or did you have to try and, because there's something me and Kayla trying to figure yeah, out. Yeah, like,
0: we, when he first came in with me, we kind of, like, I was restructuring my pricing. So in a lot of ways he kind of borrows some from some of my ideas that we sort of articulated together, which was which was great. Um and I actually don't even know how blue table prices anymore, because they don't publish that I don't think. But a lot of services don't publish their, their rates as to how they price. Yeah, I'm not sure. Was that I think you that you
2: or? can get access to some of their spreadsheets. I don't know well, anymore. Well, uh, that them. was, how, that was guys? part how of the business. I never was
0: involved in. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't want this to be the the, the the conversation about how you worked for them. How do you guys do it? Like how, how do you um, guys price out your clients and like, what is the average client? You know, uh, what's your average project look like? And, and, uh, you know, like walk, walk me through the client experience.
2: So we get an email, we look through what the client wants done in terms of assembly and painting. Sure. Um, if the client is sending assembled models, then oftentimes we'll add in a fee just because no matter how well you assembled the models, it's going to require some handling on our part. Does um, um,
0: Thomas, do you do more of the handling when it comes to that or is, does Janine
3: come I, I do, yeah. The, the assembly, end of thing, cleaning the models, the mold lines.
0: Do you have a, since we're kind of sort of loosely talking about, we're, we're planning to talk about secondhand models tonight. When those kind of models come in, what do you think of that? Like, what is your general... I guess yay or nay on, on secondhand models. When clients send you their uh, projects, are you do you cringe? Is it like, oh, how could they do this to this?
3: Or oftentimes, clients yes. like to assemble their own models. Sure. The to thing to, that to I to don't, save a buck maybe, I or sorry, to try to
0: save a buck, like do you guys,
3: do you do you? Build I, sometimes a, they just like to do it. Yeah. Some some client That's that's the, generally speaking, the big it, the, the big thing that they do. They just like to assemble their own stuff. Sure. Um. I, but the the big thing is is that a lot of times they'll they'll end up leaving mold lines, and missing stuff, just because they're not they don't do it professionally.
1: Sure.
3: Um. So that's often where I like I'm like okay, let's see the models. We might have to add a little fee because I'm going to clean some. Because at the very least, this is going to end up on my website. Right. Um.
0: Do you find and that they so appreciate second, that in the end, or do you find that they sort of? More I I like, think that they do.
3: Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, like you said about quality, sometimes they just don't notice. Um, but generally speaking, when they're, they're going to spend the money to have us paint the models anyway, they don't really care about that extra cost. Sure. That, that doesn't really come into play as a thing. I Um But it certainly makes my life easier. Uh, Secondhand-wise, if, if, they, if they're assembling, that's one thing. If they're getting it off eBay or something else, that's going to be a whole nother can of worms because sure. it could be product. good or it could be wow i oh holy cow yeah right um
0: yeah i mean some of the stuff and sometimes it's slag when it comes in but you know people have primed it with these really bad enamels and they've just they've yeah. primed it from like an inch away for i'm gonna argue <laughs> <That's>... 10 minutes <laughs> and like they used yep. to have a face but now they're like just that weird, block. tall, slender man guy He's just a smudge. Well,
2: and Thomas and I, we have an interesting perspective because the two of us ran um, Blue Table's trade stock program when it first started. Sure. Mm-hmm. So for about um, about eight months, it was just us looking at all of the used models that got traded in. So we've seen a lot of used models. Sure. Did that change it's your perspective
0: some- on, on how people uh, who are not professionals... Deal with their. Models. Oh yeah, yeah.
3: It definitely made me uh, realize that our quality was better than I thought it was. Yeah. Um, you know, you you the, you look at heavy metal in the the codexes or cool mini or not, and you think, man, I'm just kind of mediocre, right? But then you get those models in, and like 90 percent of the time, you're like, oh, okay, that's. You know, not to, not to disparage anyone's skill, no, but no, no. Like mean, there, my it's, it's, skills are better we, we than talk, I thought they were. We
0: talk about that a lot. Like heavy metal is kind of one of these standards that it's not even. It's not even my style. I don't even. I don't well, even know yeah, if I could that's... paint that way if I want to paint that way. But Mine, it's I'm... so ridiculously oh, yeah. detailed. It's mm-hmm. like ugh, I don't even. I don't know how the, you could make a practice line everything. That. Yeah, that's the thing, right? And, and I think from a business perspective, I don't even know. Like those guys must get a salary or something because they're just painting. Like I don't know. A figure a day, maybe like you know, I have no idea how to do it, but I know that, but <laughs> um, uh, but I don't. We don't even try to paint that way. It's 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 impossible, in my opinion, to run a business that way.
3: Oh yeah. Well, you you notice that the more often lately they don't have as much. Uh, like the head heavy. Like sometimes they even have uh fans have their stuff in codexes. Oh,
0: well, I haven't noticed. I've noticed that in some of the in between books, like um. The uh, those those um, what do they call those things? Supplemental staff? They're, they're the Supplements. Like, the visions. Yeah, maybe that's it. Or mm-hmm. where they have like the, the four armies that'll battle in like a, a campaign structure, mm-hmm. and it'll usually be like staff, but it won't be like heavy metal staff. Yeah. Um, right. And I like that because it kind of grounds it a little bit.
3: But you can definitely yeah. tell the difference. But, of, like, I mean, white they, there's definitely a switch. The new Space Marine Codex that came out last year. There are some models in there that are just. Ugh. Like they forgot to drill out gun barrels,
1: <laughs> and
3: is uh, <laughs> sloppy. Uh, versus, I think that they're, they're they're turning it around again. They're they're spending some more money uh, on that aspect. Well,
0: they went through a lot of turn- turnover. I think for a while there was kind of a, a period for about two years there where people were leaving left and right, and they were being snatched up by other yeah. gaming companies. And, and uh, so they, been, oh yeah, I think behind the scenes there's a lot going on back there.
3: Yeah, I think that the it's I I hope only good things and I think that it's um turning around, but it was bad for a little bit.
0: So you guys you say so you at Blue Table you were doing going through all those those second hand models and you were kind of working through their trade stock program. Um and I know that Thomas you have sometimes salvaged I think some of those for yourself, right? I've seen you sort of, you know, snatch up a model here, a model there. Uh, and, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing those are we actually have
2: collections. we have a couple armies in the studio right now. We have one salamanders and one flesh chairs armies th- that were almost entirely made with second hand stuff.
0: How, how do you feel like the final product came out versus, let's say, all new product?
3: Um, there there's a couple of pieces that are like, yeah, there's some extra layer of paint that maybe maybe if we stripped it better, you know, or there's some damage. But, it's, it, I mean, I think with the paint job, you can... And, and, then, and then the idea that you're not going to be like, okay, I'm going to price this out as a brand new army. I'm going to go ahead and give a discount. I think that it's shit good. I think it's really good. As long as you- and
2: it's the kind of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily notice on the tabletop. Like, it's the kind of stuff that you'd... Notice if you picked it up and you really examined it and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess this door does kind of have this, you know, scratch on it from the previous paint or something like that.
0: You know, it does. It, that does make actually a really good point that most of the time we're playing from, you know, four or five, three or four, four or five. God, I'm not a giant, like three or four feet away <laughs> from the table. I'm not setting their eye to eye with the models. Um, and actually, in the last couple in the last year or so, I've kind of gotten to the point where if I if I make a mistake now, I, I can kind of go, hey. Eh and kind of move on, yeah. whereas I yes. used to be really, like, picky about it, and I'd be like, oh, I have to fix that real quick. But now I'm like, ah, no one's going to see this but me. Right. No one's ever going to be looking under his armpit, under the gun barrel, and worried about, <laughs> did this fleshed color drift or something. And that's
1: the backside
2: of the gun right, case. Yeah.
0: It's one of the things we've noticed with
1: like some of the sure. other like big painting groups, like Awakened Realms, we love to to kind of they're great at
0: what we want to be like. Yeah. The yeah and they can capture painting. your eye. They yeah. know how to like
1: make you focus on it. It looks fantastic, but it's really not that detailed. What's smart that about is it is once
0: beautiful. once you kind of once you really sit there and study it and you get past the wow factor, like, holy shit, that's a really bright glowing gun. Then when you actually start to think about it, you're like Oh, I see what they did there. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of what. Uh, which obviously that draws me into them, but it also, as a business owner, it makes me appreciate that idea. It's almost like a sales tactic. Like, look at this, look at this, don't look at this, look at this though, and it's like you know, don't look at the rest of the model, which is really just average. Um, yeah. Right. So, well, one object
2: thing. size, <laughs> object source lighting is great for that. Yeah, glowing for plasma sure. weapons, or glowing lights, or, or whatever. Anything that you because
0: yeah. we see through depth. So I mean, the top layers are going to stand out more than the lower layers. Um, so for me, like any anything you can do to the, to sort of break up that surface and texture, draw attention away from let's call them so so details mm-hmm. is great. I, I think. I've
2: also heard a quote from the Wapples that, you know, freehand, you put freehand on areas where you've messed up. <laughs> oh, Hide the that.
0: mistakes. Like, uh, Philip, have you word? found
1: that to be the case? Um, I just try to avoid freehand right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good, it. I actually outsource my freehand right now. Yeah. I
0: tried to do a Mephiston banner uh, a couple weeks ago, and I tried it like three or four times, and I couldn't get it. So I ended up like cutting up two or three transfers to kind of make a fake freehand, mm. and it, it was kind of okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, not ideal. ideal. Um, so uh, why don't we why don't we talk a little bit about um, uh, you guys are kind of unique in that you you're a, you're a couple you're married and then you also work together as a business. So can you talk a little bit about about that and your workflow and you know maybe how you guys divide up the labor and and uh, have you found it to be beneficial or you know is it like oh it's too much I need my space or, or I don't know whatever like what what is that experience like?
2: Um. It's a growing process, and it has growing pains of, you know, how sure. to work together. Um, we a... share the same studio space. Okay. Sort of. So, well, I mean, we don't have the same table, but we're in the same room most of the time. Um, I, I got
3: in trouble for getting on being on our desk. <laughs> yeah,
2: he does steal desk space. Nice.
3: So yeah. I had to have my own desk space and, and make sure her desk space was nice and big enough for her and stuff. And if he encroaches
2: <laughs> too far, then I get grumpy. Why, why,
0: so Thomas doesn't have his own
1: desk? Is that what we're saying?
2: No, like, I, he has I his own, own desk, <laughs> but <laughs> he steals mine. He to
1: work on the floor in the corner. Under the stairwell. You <laughs> got, you've got
0: your newspaper over there. You enjoy that kind of Blair Witch right. style. He's just facing the corner.
3: Um, get back in the corner there, assembly guy.
0: <laughs> I've noticed when I do assembly, I'm way messier. Like, I actually had to clean up my garage today because... I've been working on this assembly project for the last week, and Jesus Christ, you would have thought a little kid had came in there and just knocked shit over. Like, I <laughs> kind of knew where stuff was, but sort of not. Like, I kept finding shit, like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Um, but when I paint, I'm pretty, I'm pretty meticulous <laughs> feel- about my desk, so I, I can see how that would be kind of a...
2: So Thomas is in charge of the assembly because I am the worst at assembling. Um is but it that you
0: don't like the glue, you don't like the, the,
2: the I'm just not good at it. Yeah. I glue myself together. Yes. I'm I can't <laughs> control an exacto knife. Like I'm just not good at it. It's and not a skill. I've cut
0: my thumb so many times scraping gold lines with an exacto knife. So
2: but um scale. I'm actually a much messier person. Like my painting table is much messier than Thomas's area. <laughs> I'll Thomas, I'll be what honest. What do you
0: prefer? Do you prefer painting or assembly?
2: I
3: prefer assembly, but I mean I'm I'm transitioning a little bit because the the truth is that you have to be good at painting or you have to be competent to be able to make money at this. I so think. I mean, and I paint my own stuff. So like I I'm not as fast as JJ is, but uh, or Gene, sorry. Oh, um. Whatever you want, then. But I. I mean, as you know, long as she's
0: okay with yeah. it, I mean, I don't. I mean, She'd sure <laughs> right. be like, "You're outside tonight, buddy. <laughs> Get off my desk. <laughs> Back to your corner." Um. So, what is it about? Um. So you you prefer assembly, but you're sort of kind of getting into painting. Um. Who is your kind of quality control expert between the two of you?
2: So we have to quality control each other, okay. and that's difficult. Yeah, like, um. This, and it's definitely something out? that. But, Yeah, Uh, it 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 requires you to take a deep breath, take a step back, put your ego aside. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have to quality control his assembly and he also does a lot of like the base painting for me because just, and I don't have the bandwidth to keep up on it all. So he started helping me painting a lot more, um. And so I have to quality control his stuff. And then he has to quality control at the end after I finished all the painting. Um, And it hasn't always been smooth. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There have been arguments, but I think the important thing is just to remember that, you know, we've got to get paid, we've got to make money. And in order to do that, we have to please the clients, which means that, you know, we have to be able to look at each other's work or we're going to miss things.
0: Do you find, yeah. do you find that um, with is there added pressure because do either of you have like I wouldn't call it a normal job but let's say an a, not a not working for yourselves like uh, do you find that it's stressful when your sole income like when I transitioned into painting full time my stress levels went through the went through the roof um, because now then all of a sudden I was I, I went from something where I had a little hobby income to where I had to make the money every month all months like all the time and with both of you you normally there's like a safety net like with me and my wife for example she works a day job she's an administrator at a school so I know that if something were to happen and I have a slow month if I have a couple clients like you know whatever they don't don't make good on payment like I know that I'm not gonna I don't have to worry about that but with you guys it's different because you're both artists you're both living under the same roof so do you find that stress to be uh, I guess how do you how do you deal with that or is there stress or have you guys figured it out
2: I think that's kind of the, the eternal struggle of being self-employed. I mean, the benefit is you pick your own hours. You, I get to, you know, wake up and paint in pajama pants and not take a shower for three days if I don't want to. But at the same time, like, I actually got you know, it. I, to, I don't I have to someone writing me a paycheck. <laughs> I,
0: I had to learn the so, two day rule, but I feel you. Uh, Thomas, what about you? Is it, uh, would you agree or, or uh, do you think that?
3: Oh yeah, I, I definitely understand where you're going, coming from. And, um, one thing that kind of helped us Man, I go was
2: Tums like crazy, like just, sorry, I, I pop Tums you go through like, Tums. Like I have oh. generalized anxiety disorder, So oh, like okay. I'm the one that's always stressing out and Thomas is the one that always has to talk me off the ledge. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I, uh, I think working for blue table and, and having that as a, uh, safety net helped us get to a place where we were like, okay, this is much more comfortable for us.
2: And then since we were on our own, we also, since we do projects for frontline, that's more stable. Um, We don't always have to count on being able to get the projects ourselves. So that's also a nice safety net. Um, I would definitely recommend having some savings in case you have a slow month. Uh, We're in a really good spot um, where we have really low living expenses. We have roommates. So, um, if the worst were to happen and we had no income for an entire month, no one's going to kick us out on the street. That's good. So,
0: um, well, so, so you guys worked for Blue Table for a long time. Um, now you're kind of off on your own, though.
3: Yeah, Janine still at, technically works for Blue Table as well.
2: Yeah, they're one of our. I. I mean, the relationship has changed. I think of them as one of our clients. Um, so they, when they have stuff that they want us to do, Sean will get in contact with me, and then we'll f- talk about it. So, we're still taking projects with them. We still have a really good relationship with them. What, what kind of motivated you guys to branch out, though?
1: Like, what, if you already had that going for you, like, why did you guys feel like you needed to kind of step? Away I mean, I mean, clearly you, you still have a relationship
0: with yeah. them, which is great. But you, you felt, I, I, I'm guessing, either pressured or you wanted to sort of branch off on your own.
2: Well, like I said, I've worked for them since 2008. That was a long time. um, And I kind of felt like we had gone as far as we could. Uh, It was just time to do different things. I wanted to um, explore maybe going back to school. I wanted to do more video. Um, I wanted to have a little bit more control. So it was just time to maybe change things up a little bit.
0: Um, Can you... uh can you guys comment at all or, or on like when you say like do more video or were there kind of, I guess, I guess what I want to say is like, here's what I'll up. Now that I work for myself, I have a particular way I do things. Like I generally speaking, uh, did you find that the longer you were there, you kind of felt like there was an internal struggle with like your different views on how you should run your own business or was it more like when you were there, Hey, I'm here to paint, whatever you want me to do.
2: Um, So when I worked for Blue Table, um, it's in terms of painting studios, like it's huge. It's got a ton of employees. It has a ton of moving parts. And it just doesn't have the flexibility that you have when you just have two people painting a small amount of projects. Um, We have control over everything. And that's just not something that's possible with the machine that is Blue Table. It also Um,
0: appears because they are kind of like, they're kind of crazy in the industry in that it's, they're huge. Like, yeah, I, I guess when I think of a painting studio, I think of like two or three guys, a big studio is like maybe a dozen, but the turnover there from the outside perspective, cause I've never even been to Utah. I haven't been near the Midwest. Uh, but the turnover looks, we can kind of tell from videos cause there's new faces all the time. People come and go office managers, especially come and go. So it, from the outside, it seems very tumultuous. Like, there's a lot of moving parts, but that machine is—they're being the parts are being replaced. They're not moving. They're like they're being swapped. You know, you know what I mean. Um, well, that's from an outside um, perspective, and, and I would imagine if that was like, let's say, a school uh, where you know teachers are getting swapped out in all the time, that would make me feel nervous about job security and my working relationships, and you know, I would—I don't think I would enjoy that environment. Um, and, so, and I don't want you to sully anything. I'm just more curious, like from going from a studio like that to your own personal let's call it boutique studio that must have been a uh, that was that was a, a firm choice you guys made that you wanted to do that you wanted a, a personalized client experience I'm guessing
2: um so I think the reason why you see a lot of turnover at blue table is because you're having people that um are burning out it's burnout is just huge and I think that's huge in terms of all painting studios sure. it's just that Normally, you've got like one person that's like, oh, I'm going to try painting professionally for eight months. And then they're like, I'm on over my head and quit. And so you don't see it I all with Blue Table. You yeah. have people that are like, oh, I want a cool art job. And then six months later, they're like, I cannot do this. And so they leave. Um, that sounds, one that thing sounds that,
0: right. That, that, that seems oh. like that makes perfect sense now that you explain it that way.
2: Yeah. Um, Because most people that start their own painting studio and are serious about it have already been painting for, you know, 10 years or something like that. So they already know how to do it long term. That's not necessarily true with all the people that Blue Table hires. So burnout was just a a big problem. Um, He
3: he sometimes just gets on Craigslist to try and say, "Hey, I got an art job. Come interview.
2: And sometimes it works out really well. I mean... The great thing about hiring people outside of the discipline of miniature painting is you get different perspectives on how to paint things. Sure. So sometimes that works out great. Yeah. Um, one thing that I noticed when we stepped out and we did more stuff on our own is that Blue Table has its own style, its own techniques, its own ways of doing things. And when I kind of removed myself from having to kind of match the studio style I remembered that there's just a million different ways to do things, a million different techniques, and I'm free to experiment with any of yeah. them. I don't have to worry about another artist being able to match my work. And that was incredibly freeing.
1: Yeah, and um, that's something we do a lot too. We try and you know change techniques here too. Well, um, no, I don't like any rules. Like, yeah. <laughs> the rule is if it works, I think, exactly. for me personally. And I noticed yeah. a lot of, like, so I went on your website just to look at some of the gallery and stuff, and a lot of your stuff seems actually very detailed. It looked like a lot of showcase pieces, um, but we were curious on maybe, like, how do you guys approach projects? Like, do you try to paint to a certain level, and what is, like, a preferred technique that you enjoy? Yeah, like, when you talk
0: about, like, if you were kind of shackled at BTP a little bit, or if you felt like that, I'm not saying you were, but, you know, what what was the, like, what do you do now? Like, how do you approach painting?
2: So I do a lot of uh, base coating with the airbrush now. The airbrush is my best friend. And I had just started airbrushing kind of when I left BTP. Um, And BTP, uh, I used a lot more dry brushing techniques. And I actually love dry brushing. I know it kind of has a bad rap, but I think it's awesome. I've seen Um, some
0: good work. To be honest with you, I'm not, like, I don't love, um, all. I don't always love it. But I've seen some of what BTP does with, like, a sort of a drag technique where it's almost like a, it's kind of like a dry blend, I guess you might call it. Yeah, um, yeah
2: like flat brushing. Yeah, right. and it's
0: actually, it's not bad. Um, and no. It's, like, it's almost like a poor man's blend. It's not bad.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, um, So we dry brush the base coat, then pick out some highlights. Um, this is, I mean, this isn't great because I'm traditionally terrible at coming up with recipes, which is a point of contention because I'll paint a model and I'll have the sample done and I'll be like, just do it like this. And Thomas will be like, well, what did you do? And I'm like, I don't remember. I just did it. That's right, actually- right
3: down the steps so that I can just just do it. One That's step at a time. something
0: I've had to get into this year is because now when we have, when we ask people who want to repeat models, I have to go, oh shit, I don't remember how I did that. And mm-hmm. so now I actually take notes as I go. Uh, and I post them in the same gallery as with the pictures so I can always find it. But it took me, if it makes you feel better, six years to need to develop that that method. So.
2: <laughs> well, and I, um, yeah, I'm, I can't, I always have to paint a sample model too, because I am really bad at figuring out what colors I want to use before I'm painting them.
1: Sure. So. We do that too. Um, I, mean.
2: I do yeah. a lot of. With my tabletop and kind of, you know, veteran level models, I do a lot of quick wet blending for highlights. Um, I tend to start dark and highlight up. Um, I prime just about everything black. I don't like to um, prime white or anything like that. Um,
0: Do you find um, with with your technique, do you guys kind of, I guess since now you're able to kind of free to branch off on your own and you're talking a little bit about your technique, do you kind of paint to one level specifically, or is it more like, you know, you sort of build yourself out by the hour? And I, And I guess another thing is because you and Thomas, I'm going to make a generalization here, it sounds like because you guys paint separately and differently that you probably paint to different ability levels. So do you use that in your business where, like, lower-level projects Thomas kind of tackles, or... Uh, I don't know, like, how does that work out? Because some services like painting the levels, and some don't. Like GMM, he's like, I paint one level, that's it. A lot of guys do that. Um, and some guys, like us, we have multiple levels, and then we kind of base our, because I wanted to sort of diversify our client pool. So I guess where do you guys come in on that?
2: Um, So I am so used to painting under the level system because of Blue Table that that's what I started with, but I'm kind of falling out of love with it. So we'll see. It's a progression. We'll see what happens. Thomas, what do you um, we're, we kind of divide the workload, not necessarily Thomas doing lower-level projects. It's more like Thomas does the base work, and then I do the finishing work. Okay,
3: so Blocking right. in colors Just and stuff. Just the big, big steps. Um, Time-consuming stuff, so she can kind of do detail and stuff.
0: Do you find that you like the detail work more?
3: She's better at the detail work, yeah. and I get it when I... If I want to do detail work, I've got my own, my own armies that I can do it on.
2: And Thomas is actually a very good painter. His style is very different than mine. Um, He's just is a little bit slower than I am, which makes it difficult. How, but he has kind of his, a more traditional how would you
3: say your style. style. Is a lot a bit slower.
2: I'm sorry, we talked over you. Know, no, no, what was okay. the question? So you said um, you
0: said that his style is a little bit more traditional. So yeah. how would you sort of define your style? Then?
2: Um, my style, I like to think is a little bit more natural. The thing about like the GW heavy metal look is that it's almost cartoony. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like things to be a little bit more, um, realistic.
1: Organic and natural.
2: Yeah. Organic's a good word. I, I come from, um, my first painting experience was acrylics, um, on canvas. And then I've done a lot of watercolor and that's kind of where, like I'm happy it is playing around with paints and organic textures and stuff like that.
0: I actually love the idea. There's a guy named James Wapple, and he's, um, he, he's uh, he's a, he's a great painter, but one of the things he does well is he's kind of like almost a water. I would say he's a water brush painter, but he, he blends so fast and so loose and he applies so many layers of glaze that when the finished model is done, it's impossible to tell where the transitions occur because there's so many thin layers, and it's beautiful, and it's almost like a watercolor. Yeah. Um, and I,
3: I oh, he's, he's incredible. He's,
2: he's
0: a he's great artist. Bright, right? uh, but his style is so different that it's like a lot of times you'll um, – like I saw a post on Facebook this morning, and it was um, it was uh, the guy from Independent Characters. I forget what his name is. But um, he was talking about another commissioned artist where he, he commissioned some models, and then he copied them. He was like, I can usually reverse engineer. And I was like, well, that works to a degree, but not <laughs> – Right, I can't reverse engineer those guys' models. Like yeah. I can't. <laughs> I, I watched tutorials and I couldn't paint those models. Like they're, they're <laughs> um, so. Um, we had a
3: guy um, uh, working for Blue Table for a while, Sam Linz, and he's a, a Dick Golden winner, And he had to paint something in the Wapple style, and he thought it was really fun and interesting because it was like he. Was like I, usually I'm up up on the stage next to this guy, but now I'm painting his style. That's really of, cool. Like, interesting. Yeah,
0: it's kind of yeah. like It's almost it's sort of like, like but that's nice. That's kind of fun. Yeah, like, like that the movie, movie, the Rockstar movie with the. That's a really outer yeah. example. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know where you're going. I mean, it's <laughs> fine. It's like I, I guess do you know when you go to like one of those bands like a show and it's like they're not Metallica I mean, but they sound like what do they call those? Uh, like a tribute. Uh, tribute, tribute, tribute bands. Yeah, yeah, like a tribute band like a tribute painter almost yeah don't <laughs> yeah, yep. touch me that took me a long time to, get to that, that shit. um so what do you guys find to be the most freeing thing about about painting for yourselves now like what do you what do you like best about it
2: i don't have to wear pants very
0: good, very good. i guess thomas likes that too i'm gonna guess like
2: so. i wear shorts yeah okay. all the time <laughs> i really hate pants I've ranted about it a lot. My wife oh. comes
0: home and she immediately puts on her comfy pants. Like. Then, like, it's amazing. It's like a tornado. I like, live in yoga shorts.
1: That like. well, actually it brings up a, an interesting question. Does Blue Table have a dress code? Can you wear a smock? <laughs> or do you have like... A... Or no yeah. pants? Uh, yeah. It depended, it depended
3: on the, the way the structure was at a certain time. Like sometimes there was like, you got to do this. And sometimes it was like, do whatever you want. I mean, I can't it,
0: imagine
1: you're wearing a suit. It was a very evolving sort of
3: situation budget. for many years.
0: <laughs> would, would you say your experience over there was good overall? Like, if you if you had to do it again, if you were seven years back and you're like, "Honey, let's start our own service," or "Well, I heard about this job," like, what would you do?
2: I would definitely not want to cut my teeth doing my own thing right away. Sure. I mean, I'm glad that I had that experience, and I'd do it again. Sure.
3: There, I mean, hindsight being 2020, there would be things that I would do differently but I wouldn't go without the experience. Sean Sean is a great guy. Um it's really interesting. You're not he he go, you go in with eyes open. He says you I'm not you're not going to make as much money if, as if you were to do this on your own, but you have security because I'm taking care of all the end of that stuff. You can just go paint and I'm going to take care of everything else. Yeah,
0: there's something nice to be said for that cuz like in my business like I wear my wife tells me I wear every hat. So like I was uploading photos before we jumped on here. Now we're doing this. I know after this is over, I have to go paint, mm-hmm. and like it's exhausting. Like you run around like a chicken with his head cut off. Sometimes it's true.
2: You've got to answer emails and yeah. talk to clients and do taxes. Right.
0: Oh God! Don't even talk Whereas to I'm taxes.
1: just you're just you commission a project, I, I you give you it to me, check. and yeah. that's all I have to worry about. Which you I love. You should have a business <laughs> and you should pay me. Is the way this should work. Hiring <laughs> <That'd be laughs> you
0: is a uh, <laughs> if you could quit your job. Build a business real quick, uh, mm. and then hiring, that'd be great. Okay, yeah. Um. <laughs> so, so, when you guys were over at, 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 and I don't want to keep harping on this, but I'm going to kind of segue a little bit. So, Thomas, I know, for example, I've seen you kind of post some videos with some of your, your second-hand projects, uh, where, and by second-hand, I mean you've sort of like, you know, you've you've salvaged some models from wherever you get them. Do you have any kind of tips for people that are looking to salvage models from, let's say, eBay or Craigslist or or... or swap meets or whatever like when you're looking for secondhand models and you're like i gotta save a buck like how do you approach looking at it and I'll, I'll add one more kink to that how do you approach that with clients like if you had a budget client come in and you're like well we can use these secondhand models like how would you approach that
2: a lot easier if you can see the models in person sure. i'm just going to say that first sure.
3: <laughs> yeah if, if you can see them in person that's great okay. but most of the time you're not going to I like the Facebook groups recently, uh, there's buy, sell, trade, and th- those guys, I've, I've seen some really good interaction, sure. and uh, just as a tip, go look there, um, the different, dip, eBay and the Bits Barn and whatever, I don't, not Bits Barn, uh, I can't think of the name I of it. A, yeah, but I
0: know what you're talking about, like, um, right. there's a lot of um, groups
3: The other thing there. is, not a huge plug to Sean, but let will just plug him, his trade store is great too. He's, you can get lots lot of, of good stuff,
0: stuff there. And it, it it seems like I haven't been on there in a while, but last time I was there, it had really grown quite a bit. It was it was pretty big.
3: <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, don't don't try to buy the model, the painted models. He he puts the painted models on there too expensive because he's trying to make back all of his right. investment and and profit. And I've told him for years, don't do that. You you just gotta cut your losses. But some of the stuff you're getting all fifty percent off, and it's just great. Good. Um, I would definitely say that if you can't have, if you don't have clear pictures, make sure that the, before you buy, you, you ask for clear pictures. Um, Know what you're getting into basically is 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 the models older Uh, from the pictures. Can you tell if there's a huge amount of, of uh, paint caked on them or uh, pieces missing that kind of thing? You know, if, if you're not a big assembler yourself, how does what does the assembly job look like?
2: If you can get a clear shot of the eyes, that's a great indicator of what the paint's going to look like you know, because if, if the eyes that. are nice and clean, then good. the rest of the paint job's probably clean. Right. Smart, yeah. If the eyes are caked on and goopy, then you're going to be a little bit more leery of the rest of the model.
0: That's actually a really good tip. I hadn't thought about that at all. Yeah, pretty clever. Well done. The,
3: as far as a client coming to me... uh. I, I would definitely say to them that, yeah, you could go look for those things with the caveat that I would definitely be like, if he's sending them to me, I'm going to have to maybe charge him some extra to do the cleaning, to, to I mean, even maybe have to take the paint off of them, right?
1: Sure.
3: um But there's nothing wrong with doing that. And I would definitely suggest all the things that I've just suggested to that to a client like that. Um, obviously, if he wanted me to do it, I would be like, well, I'm going to... Charge you for my time (laughs) to go and spend the time to try and get the models secondhand.
0: Do you guys? uh, That's great.
2: Do you strip? It's easier when you have access to lots of bits too, because that way you know that you can, you know, replace pieces that may be missing or may be damaged. Um, So that's something to keep in mind. So have you? Yeah, if
3: you have that as a resource somehow, yeah, yeah, that's huge.
0: Have you guys like kind of been building up? When you say your studio, like. Do you guys, you work out of your home, I'm guessing. So do you like have a designated workspace that you use for for your studio or like, is it like, I mean, I work out of my garage, for example, I've I've retrofitted it to my liking, but you know, it's a garage. Uh, Do you guys work out of your home? Do you rent a small space or or how does, how does your studio kind of operate that way?
2: So we have, um, a spare bedroom that we use for our studio and that's basically it. And then, um, we have a lot of our bits and different materials downstairs as well. Sure. But most of it's in this spare bedroom that we've set up.
0: Um you got and you guys have you have I don't want to say kids. You have a kid or or kids or
2: A kid. A kid. Yeah, he has his own little fort in our studio. Nice. Um, we have to ward him off from a lot of our models. Right now we're working on this Robotech project that we cannot keep his hands off of and that causes <laughs> some strife, but he loves robots. Yeah, that's like he like thinks the greatest, greatest thing
3: ever. ever. Kid, man, like Pacific uh, yeah, Rim yeah. is his favorite move. Nice yeah. movie. Movie, sorry.
0: Um, what does he think of both of his parents being artists?
2: Um, he he's not, not old enough opinion? to really yeah, know say, yet.
0: Maybe he's like I'm
2: one. He's three. it's his
3: whole reality.
2: He, yeah, I think he gets frustrated because even though mommy and daddy are home, sometimes they can't play. Um, I think that's his biggest interaction with it is us saying, sorry, buddy, we can't do that right now. We have to work. Well, that would be hard yeah. to understand, yeah, yeah. especially
0: as a three-year-old. So I'm sure but he's got to like, that you guys
2: are home all the time with him. That's going to be nice. Yeah. I don't I think, think so. he knows any differently, yeah. but I mean, well, and you can say he definitely, costs. W- when mom and
3: dad leave, he doesn't like it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I went down to uh, the LVO this last weekend and he was, really happy to see me when I came back so
0: nice
1: that's something I was actually curious about um do you guys find like you enter into like competitions painting competitions or things or do you even go into that realm
0: or an LVO for example did you guys have an army did you bring an army that you guys I'm guessing get painted in your in studio and that way you bring it with you and it's kind of like a, a walking calling card
2: um that's uh It's an area where I've been really lazy and I need to get better about it. I don't
0: have a studio army currently. Every time I get a studio army, I sell it. So, like, I'll paint it and then I'll be like, oh, i got to pay the bills this month. So, I'll sell it and then I'll go to the game store once in a while and they'll be like, aren't you a painter? I'm like, I I am. I swear to God. I I know this is not prime, but, like, I really do paint. Like, it's just I don't paint my shit anymore. Um, I I don't don't have time to
3: paint your own stuff. It's
2: so hard. Yeah. Um, the plan was to have a painted army. Oh, yeah. What we ended up with was a half-painted army. I um, I'd say two-thirds. Um, I've intended to enter painting competitions, but so far I haven't done it, except local stuff. Like I, mm-hmm. I have a perfect record in the Secret Santa painting competition at Blackfire. Well, um, no a, one that has been. Renowned competition. <laughs> We've
0: heard about that even <laughs> as far east as Carolina.
1: Do you find it's yeah. just it's because it's... No
2: one has beaten me. Do you find
1: it's because it's, like, hard to get to? Like, for me, like, I really... I've always thought I would love to enter into something like the crystal brush. Very competitive, but my hesitation is, A, it's it's far. I had to take time off of work, and I had to travel expenses. And, B, I mean, I'm an okay painter. I'm decent, but I'm not at that level. So, like, it's it's hard to, like, motivate myself to do that. Do you feel that might be the same for you, or...
2: So two years ago, I was given the opportunity to be a judge for one of the categories in the crystal brush. And when I was doing that, I got to pick up the models and I got to look at them and I got to. Oh, my goodness. It was so awesome. It was the coolest experience I think I've had um, in terms of painting. (laughs) I was so terrified I was going to drop it. You should have seen me. I was like death grip on these models. Um, What
0: can you say about that experience, like judging those models firsthand, like literally, uh, and then comparing it to your own work? What was that like?
2: So it definitely gave me motivation to want to paint at that level. And I think that I'm capable of it, but it's just a matter of time. Like I have never spent 40 hours on a single miniature. I'd love to do that sometime. But that's a full week of work that I have to dedicate. And it's just hard to find the time to do that. And I think that it's important. And I know if I were to do it, I definitely see rewards.
0: Well, It's also your client pool for that. If you were trying to run a business, your client pool for that is so small. Yeah. But on top of that, if it's just even for you, you're sacrificing a week's pay basically.
2: Well, and most people I know that have painted at that level. The pieces that have won competitions for them, they don't sell. Right. They don't sell those pieces. They're painting them for themselves, and they're painting them for the no- notoriety, but sure. it's not like they're making money off of that.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't and, expect they would. But.
1: And that kind of, uh, I mean, something we had a podcast a few months back was about, like, some of our favorite artists. And interestingly enough, Caleb, you kind of picked a lot of artists uh, that focus on, like, mass production. Yeah. Whereas I, was, I focused on right. uh, artists that are more of, well... I guess high end artists yeah. like Carol Rudick was one of my That's top choices tastes. and he's, he does a lot of golden demons and a lot of the stuff he paints for us commissions are really high end. Right. Is that something you guys would like, is that something you'd want to be at? Just a high end painter at some point where you're just focusing all your commission time on that or, is that something you wouldn't even want to get close to, more like a mass production? And, you know, I
0: think, Thomas, you may feel differently about that because mm-hmm. it seems like you guys have different opinions on where, what you like the most in hobby.
2: I, so in my perfect commission is a single uh, RPG fig or maybe a group of, like, five that I can spend about three to five hours on a model and then be done. And that's pretty mm-hmm. high end stuff. Um, you're definitely not spending five hours on an infantry model for tabletop, no. but it's not Golden Demon level. Um, so I kind of I'm happy right in the middle. I,
0: think
1: I would a good like standard, to
2: get I mean, to the point where I'm painting higher stuff, good. but yeah. I feel
0: you. okay. Thomas, where do you come in on that? What's your since she phrased it that way? What's your perfect commission?
3: Uh, my well assembly would be perfect. You Give me a, a GW Army with some conversions. Sure. 3,000 points, and I'm getting paid a lot of money for it. That sounds great. I, give me that all week, every week. See, perfect. That
0: sounded great until I was building two in the back-to-back, and then I was, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. I've been building Mad Max. No, that's Max. my bread and butter, man. I've been building Mad Max vehicles for four weeks now, and I'm so exhausted. <laughs> I'm so tired of fucking buggies. I could fucking pull it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like
3: <laughs> not too much, not too much conversion enough. Like, okay, here's some space Marines. These guys pose them nicely, sure. give them some, some magnetization or whatever. That's great. Yeah, I'm feeling you right. know, the, the HQ model do something really cool and fun with, you know, that, that thing.
0: Well, you guys have been super generous with your time. Do you want to tell us about anything you have coming up you want to kind of promote or like? I don't know, specials you're running or projects you're excited about or what's in the what's in the works? Um. Or maybe it's top secret and you guys don't know, don't want to share. But, you know, like you mentioned a Robotech project that your son can't keep his hands off of. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So we're working
2: <laughs> on a Robotech project for Frontline Gaming. That will probably, you know, be on their site in a, a month or two. And then we have a Dystopian Wars project that we're working on. I've got some cool... Um, Converted Circle Obro's uh, models that we're going to be painting. That's
3: neat. Some RPG figs.
2: Uh, yeah, some RPG figs. Very cool. You don't see a yeah. lot of converted War
0: Machine or Horde, so that's always fun yeah. when you finally can do that.
2: Yeah, and they're based off of Reaper Minis, so it's going to be pretty Whoa, cool. Lord. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I had a bad experience with Reaper, so I'm I'm surprised that you can do it. I love like those Reapers.
2: Models.
3: I like Reaper. That's not Bones. Okay, I'm sorry. I that's not what I was Yeah, that's a good Bones is what I was referring.
0: Although to. Although some of their figures, I had to put it in order today. Some of their figures are now exclusively Bones. They're uh, not even casting. It's not many, but I girl. noticed there's a couple that they don't even cast in white metal anymore. Um,
3: yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, that's too bad. I, uh, we, what was like? We have we have. Oh yeah, a Titan. We we do have a another Warhound. Oh
2: yeah, we've got to get that painted before Adepticon, so that will be coming up soon. Yeah. That'd
3: be cool. Imperial Warhound. Step in on a rhino. It's all. It's a Forge World rhino. And I'm just like uh, looking at nice. it crying. I'm like, crush oh, it. No, no.
0: <laughs> See, be, I would be encouraged to like buy a slag rhino from like mm-hmm. eBay or something. And, like
3: just, For sure. That's yeah. a great use of secondhand, right. <laughs> destroyed, like, I don't know, unrecoverable models. Or a recast, if you could find a recast. Yeah. Like that. Forgery yeah. World, as I like to call you
0: it. You can
2: yep. make some great terrain out of terrible. Rhinos.
0: I agree. Um what uh, what chapter is that um warhound gonna
3: be if you don't mind?
2: I just I can't just, remember. He just has
3: his own paint scheme, oh, really. I don't know it's, the, it's the
2: Imperial one with the red and the bone color.
3: Oh yeah. Raven. I Blood can't remember
2: raven? off the top of my head. What Raven's black? Oh they're yeah, like checker raven. pattern. They do have shoulder pattern. <laughs> mm-hmm. I should know. I just painted nine thousand yeah. points in those cars.
0: <laughs> like so I should know their color scheme very well by <laughs> now. Um okay. Well, um, guys, you know, Gene and Thomas, I can't thank you enough for getting on the show tonight. This has been really helpful to kind of get an, an insight into Pixies and Pistols and how you guys operate, um, and, and we can't wait to see what you guys do next. Oh, thanks
2: so much thanks thanks for so having, having us.
0: us. Sure. Um, well, we're going to sign off, and then we'll be right back after this. Hey, guys, it's Caleb with War Council. Are you a purveyor of stuff? Are you an entrepreneur with something to preneur? Do you sell things related to tabletop gaming, painting, or some other aspect of the miniature's hobby? Would you like to advertise to, like, at least three listeners a show? Then you've come to the right place. World Council has a limited number of sponsorship slots available. Each slot guarantees you a banner ad on the White Metal Games website. And we're like, 300 likes on Facebook right now, so clearly at least 300 people can be bothered to click the like button at some point in time in their lives. For twenty dollars a month, we'll promote you and your products on the show. For ten dollars more, you can have an entire thirty-second commercial like this one, only you know better and more relevant and stuff. Email us at info@ygamers.com for more information. And until you do, put your manes where your mouth is. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, we are going to jump into our one-minute rants, and we're changing it up a little bit this week. Uh, we've actually invited our guest speakers to uh, rant along with us, mm. so in, in that way, right. uh, they can also get out their angst and anxiety. Um, so we're going to change it up this week, and we're going to start with uh, we're going to start with Thomas. If uh, I think Thomas has something to to rant All right, about, I do it first. It seems like he's got the anger. So we're going to put one minute on the metaphorical clock, and whenever you're ready.
3: All right, all right. My rant is about Games Workshop not getting uh, real data about who plays their game or not. Uh, I heard this article done by a British um, uh, guy who does articles about different companies. He went and participated in one of their... um, uh, I can't think right now.
0: He's so mad he can't even think.
3: Oh, yeah. He went to one of their shareholder meetings, and he uh, was there, and they had this, they, they were talking about this stuff, and they were there, he was there at Warhammer World, and they were talking about all the new stuff that they want to do. And they had this idea in mind that from some of the top guys in the company, like the CEO, the creative director, and they were talking about that they believed that 80 percent of their clients 80 percent of the people who buy models from them don't uh actually uh play their game and but they had no hard data for that they had no idea like they, there was no way they could produce hey here's what we've done numbers on and this is why we believe this and so they had this like they, they don't think their 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 rules are important and that was that's my rant is that how could you believe that without actually why wouldn't they why wouldn't they
0: requisition data? that information? It would it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to get, would it? Like I not mean, really, no. That's I mean, crazy. I had heard that before that they
1: were kind of moving more towards a collect like a mi- collecting I miniatures company. Too, but
0: I kind of dismissed it as like that's crazy. Why would you why would you not publish a a, a rule set? But mm-hmm. Well, I think it's getting for. better. So.
3: I think that they've seen that that doesn't work. That people don't want to just buy a hundred dollar model to put on the shelf. No, I mean, um,
0: I mean you can't. And that's, that's the thing is like like Reaper. If we're going to talk about you know them for a minute, like they put produce some great models, but nothing they have is I would argue kind of collectible. Collectible, not yeah. really. I mean, I mean really they're for like yeah. RPGs or, or whatever, and their price points are not as high. Even their giant models are not priced as high. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Kanjira is twice the size of that big undead guy in the GW line, and he's a half, he's a third of the price. Like, but, yeah,
2: I uh, could collect Reaper models. I way. like Reaper models. <laughs> uh, one hundred
3: and forty dollars okay, for an Imperial Knight. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. and for it to
1: put on your shelf, people are going to
3: buy more than one without rules.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. That
3: doesn't make sense to me. I'm
1: with
0: you. Well,
1: uh, so that's
3: my.
0: That that's a good rant. I yeah. like it. Uh, Janine, what about you? Why don't we uh, put a a minute on the metaphorical clock for you?
2: All right, here's my rant, and this is a constant rant. I'm going to rant about GW's paint because I've recently had to switch back to GW from Vallejo, and GW's paint pots are so awful to work with not the only if you want water. to mix them to a consistency that you're not painting out of the pot you have to waste a big chunk of paint on your brush putting it on your palette or on the bottom of your brush or whatever you use to scoop it out it doesn't always mix correctly in there um you can't pour it easily if you're trying to pour it you into something pour it,
0: easily. it is a messy pour
2: and they keep changing their paint colors. So I actually really love all of their shades. They're yeah. amazing and I'm falling in love with them. And because I'm falling in love with them, they're just gonna change all of their names in another year. I know it. It's gonna happen because they hate me. <laughs> and that's my rant.
0: I do like the shades and glazes. The shades are incredible. The really glazes good. are very nice. Yeah. I yeah. I've kind of bulked up my collection with all of them. I don't have I don't I don't paint with a lot of GW paints, but I do like their glazes a lot. I almost strictly oh, the, use GW pants because
1: I was I getting like a metallics. discount. That's oh, their metallics true. are great too. Why? Um, why
0: did you get out of? When you said I had to, I had to get out of Vallejo. What, did you and Vallejo have a fight or something? Like, what is? Yeah. The, why did Vallejo like? You can no longer buy. I don't know what accent Vallejo should have. I imagine Italian, French, French. You think maybe? Like, why, I think I'm Spanish. Like yeah. kind of thing.
2: I, I'm pretty sure they're they're from Spain. Spain. Oh, um, that kind of still works. So, that? it's
0: pretty close, I think. You're, all the way yeah. guys.
2: Over the sea. <laughs>
0: it's Europe. I'm, so um, I'm so I'm doing
2: like... some stuff with uh, Mini Wargaming, and they want me to use GWs. Fuck so. Oh,
0: okay.
1: But
2: I still use Vallejos for my and own I stuff. I understand
1: that if it's a recipe, they you have to know? follow certain colors,
0: maybe they want to make yeah. sure the colors are exact.
2: How would they even check up on
0: you? Like, how would
2: they be like,
0: Janine, did you use Vallejo, or did you use tell us the
1: truth.
2: Jeanine. They'll be on camera. You'll be able to tell.
1: Oh, shit. wait, it's, do they really they it's they make the plot in the video. So they watch you on camera? Like they is that part of the requirement? They like to watch, that Do that like watch you think? Like to watch you on camera. They were being a little weird, huh? And now we, dance for we, me. We, dance, we, Thomas. We still triple X screen right? <laughs> videos. Jeez, oh Yeah, if I
3: ever want a political career, it's long gone now. I... There's video of me dancing on the internet.
0: Let me ask you this, because if, if, I actually, uh, I, I, I'm not going to, actually, I could, I could work that into my rant. I'll rant. All right. All right. Uh, I'll put a minute on my metaphorical clock. So I'm going to rant about Reaper paints tonight, because even though I love their paints, I'm confused by how they market their product. So here's the thing. They have dropper bottles, but the dropper bottles are always clogging up. If I put them upside down, they clog up. If I put them right side up, they clog up. If I drive a needle the hole's down... The just
2: too small. If I, I think
0: that's it. It must be the pigments are too big. I've driven a needle or a nail or something through the tip. It still clogs up. And then to add worse to injury, they have these new line of paints called high-density pigment. Now, when I hear the words high-density oh, pigment, that sounds great to me. That sounds like here is a strong, thick, good paint that I water down. Mm-hmm. I get more buck for my money. I'm going to stretch the 17 milliliters out to, like, I don't know, a lot more than 17. I used some straight out of the bottle the other night, and it was so thin. And it was a brown. It's called charred brown. It looked like brown, I don't know, fucking shit. It was worthless. It was like I had to mix it up with another fucking brown. I was like, this is just, this is a bad stain. Uh, And I don't understand. Like, one, I don't understand why their bottles clog. I think Janine's right. I think the tips are too small. Just the tip. And I think that the paints are just that, the high density paints. I love the colors, but I hate the consistency. Hmm.
2: What the hell, Reaper? I don't get it. Yeah, the one thing I like about Reapers is I like their skin tones because they don't cover very well. They're a little bit translucent, they're easy to layer. But that's not necessarily what you want when you're base coating a model.
0: Um, I'm actually, I'm paying up some kingdom death right now and I've never painted lips on a female figure before, but I wanted to give some, some tone to her lips on these figures, but they ended up looking like French whores because I used this really (laughs) bright red (laughs) and then I had to go over it and, uh, it's, I have this color from Reaper called fired clay, which I think is a worthless color, but it's the only time I've ever used it. I was like, well, if I go over the whore lips with these, it'll kind of work. Yeah. like it kind of looks <laughs> okay. it's like a wash yeah it looks like considering the game's called kingdom death they look like they're made up to go out on the town <laughs> like I, I don't know how that works but uh,
2: i love kingdom of death yeah. I mean.
0: they look great but i've got these like harlots walking the streets of kingdom Death, like, <laughs> trying to avoid being killed by screaming goats and shit you can know, i give right? you a small tip yeah, for please, female lips please.
2: so here's the tip for painting female lips you take whatever red you want to use, yeah. you mix it with your skin tone. That's a great tip. And then oh, you put it on because then it doesn't look so unnatural. I like it.
0: Very I nice. will definitely do that next time. That's very smart. Good tip. Philip, do you have a rant on you tonight? Um, well, I hate We're to be continuing
1: dynasty. this on GW, but recently I, so I buy a lot of their brushes because I can get them at a nice discount. And I have been having the biggest issue with them just drying out on the edges like almost immediately. Like yes. I get one stroke and then it's dried out. And I have to dip it back in water oh. and get some more paint on it and then it dries out immediately again. It's, it's awful. So it, that's, it's a very quick rant, but I don't know if I just got some bad brushes because I've been using them forever and I've had no problems until recently. It's a um, bad batch, I'm guessing, but they don't hold water. They're awful.
0: I've had this thing with brushes recently where they just go limp after a while. Like, like they go flaccid. Like, yeah, I'll just, like, like, like I am absolutely being being specific about this. Like, I'll go to dip it in paint, and it just like fucking lays over like an old man. I'm like, what the fuck, man? And like, you know, I have like where brushes go to die. Like, I have this. You powder.
2: just need to mix a little Viagra in your yeah. paint water. Oh, that's it. That's it. flesh toning Viagra.
0: Flesh Viagra. I like it. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for your ranting with us tonight. We appreciate it. Our guests will appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And we will be right back after this to do our outro. Are you a tabletop quality painter in the Raleigh area with 10 hours or more a week to spare? Have you ever thought about becoming a commission painter before, but you weren't sure it was right for you? White Metal Games is looking for talented painters in the Raleigh area to join our studio team. You're paid by the job, not by the hour, so you can paint at your own pace. Send us pictures of your painted models to info at whitemetalgames.com, and we just might be interested in speaking with you. Put your minis where your mouth is. All right, guys, Uh, and that is it for this week. We are out of here, wrapping up another one. Uh, Next time on the podcast, we're going to be talking to, um, who are we talking to? Oh, we're talking to Benson from and Games. Okay. Good. So, um, he's, they have a new game out called, that they're going to be debuting soon called Exiles, which is a Wild West skirmish game, and it's Sounds kind of awesome. like, it's great, right? <laughs> and what's even better is that the figures advance like you do in an RPG. Okay. So, um, it, it kind of takes, it kind of reminds me of like a, what was that game back in the day? Not Warhammer Quest, but, um, not Necromunda, they had another one, um, more or, time. Or maybe, maybe Mordheim. Yeah. I think the characters advanced in Mordheim. mm mm-hmm. um, but I, I love that idea. I love the idea of a skirmish game where characters get better over time, like a campaign yeah. structure. That's great to me.
1: Definitely. Um, so we're it's excited. Exciting, yeah. yeah, we're going to talk awesome. about him.
0: And then uh, we've got lots of other guests lined up. Uh, if you are new to the show and you're interested in being a guest on the show, email us at board council at white games.com. We're not picky, as long as you have something hobby related to talk about. If you're a mm-hmm. miniature service provider, if you're a hobby provider, uh, if you have a unique blog or something like that, just reach out to us. Um, in fact, I had one guy. Uh, he used to he did some sub painting for me. He is an author in England now, and he sent me a really? book that he published. He has a trilogy coming out. It's a sci fi trilogy. And he me. so he uh, he sent me a copy of the book. He's like, I want you to read this, and then we'll um, if you want to. We'll, I was like, let's do a podcast about it. <laughs> so a um, different, but yeah, I think that's really cool. Like he was a commissioned painter, now he's a science fiction author. With a trilogy, like... Very cool. Way to go, man. Um, and I started reading it, and it's kind of like uh, sort of a mashup between Alien and Avatar. It's kind of a weird... Hmm. Like, it's it's neat. It's very science fiction-y. Like, it, it's cool. absolutely science fiction, so... Uh, all right, well that's it for us this week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. You can always email us your comments at War Council at dot Check me out on, on uh, the web at whitemetalgames.com or check out Philip's site uh, at Facebook slash Brushwork Minis, please, and check out all of his work. Like us, follow us, all that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until next time, my name is Caleb Dylan. I'm Phil Corman, and that's it for War Council. Put your minis where your mouth is
3: so i'm undecided as to whether or not the new uh wolfen models are good or not oh we should yeah. talk about that,
0: that would, yeah that's definitely. kind of off topic but i would love to get his opinion on that uh cool can um how would we even work that in Wait, so you're not, you're not for sure if you think they're good or not? That's. A very... I
3: think that it's one of those things where you have to see the model in person. Yeah. It's you... kind of like the Storm Raven. Yeah. Everyone was like, it's a flying rhino. It's a box. Nobody liked it. I didn't like it at first. And then once...
0: uh, it, it, I caught on to it after a while. But.
3: Right, exactly. It's, I think it's one of those things. I think once people see it in person and yeah. not the gra- grainy photos, I'm
0: with you.
1: Uh... people
3: will like them.
0: It sounds like the,
1: people's reaction to Wolfen was my reaction two weeks ago to the new dwarves.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, I, the models are gonna the eh, the models are one thing, the rules are another.
0: Were you a fan of um, fluff uh, of the Wolfen, or was it more like uh, you just don't like the look of the models? Because I love them in I, the story I, arc, like in the lore, I really like. Oh yeah, represent.
3: that's great. I, and I love that. I love that they're bringing out more models like that. Sure. Where it's expanding the re expanding the the fluff and stuff, and then bringing the bring the rules in. But I think that uh, it, it, it's a hit or miss sometimes on the, on the actual sculpts.
0: I feel you. I, I kind of wish. I don't like it when those kits are just able to be built one way. Because then if you want to oh, build 10 or 20, Well, I think it probably <clears throat> it looks to me
2: like it is. I mean, I haven't seen it. Oh, any that could be really bad. I feel way. like GW's been moving away from that, though. See,
0: I think so, too. Except then they'll release a kit that, that makes me believe otherwise. Like, I wish every yeah. kit would flip two or three ways, but they I, I just... I, I hope I'm wrong. Um,
3: I, I really... Yeah, I hope that, too. that That's the biggest critique I've heard. Yeah. And if it is the case, it's going to make it really tough for people to play because they they want to have 10 or 15 or 20 or whatever, I and mean, it's same pose. It's awful. I mean, someone
0: like you who's... who's I've seen some of your conversion work, and I know you, you've got a, a talent hand at it. I know you could take those guys and them around and, and make them different, you know, even just something as simple as a few head swaps or whatever. But the average, For sure. the average client is not going to look at it that way. They're going to, you know, I don't think they generally think that way. I mean, most people are going right. to buy and a store-bought kit and just assemble it. Yeah, that's
3: a, that's a frustrating thing, but it is a reason I
2: have a job.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, a, fair, that's a fair point. Uh, all right, well, I've got more than enough level checks.